Lord, you are here, and we are here. As we begin a new year together, draw us ever closer into your presence. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay. So, what do you do when you get really good news? When you find out that your grandchild has just won the National Spelling Bee? When your wife comes in and says, I just was notified I got a huge inheritance. Or, you know, when your team comes back from near defeat at the Super Bowl and they win. What do you do? My my thinking is that everyone you meet, you say, have you gotten the good news? My grandchild won the National Spelling Bee. You know. My, this inheritance is coming my way. You tell everybody you meet because you're excited and it's wonderful and gosh, it's great news. Okay. I have to think that that's kind of what's going on with these shepherds as they return to the field. They've been greeted by an angel. They have made their way to Bethlehem. They have found Mary and Joseph and a baby lying in a manger. They share what the angels have told them. And now they're going back to the fields. And they've got to be just bubbling over with enthusiasm. And I mean, quite frankly, if an angel showed up here today... And they gave you a word of greeting. Wouldn't you tell everybody that you met? It's like when you have a friend that is healed. And you start to share the story. And then somebody else says, oh, I know that happened. So the shepherds are going back to the fields. And they're stopping and saying, Gloria, did you hear? Let me tell you the story that I have to tell you. Let me tell you the story, Gordon. Let me tell you what's happened. And it's kind of like what I would call the ripple effect. You've experienced something, you want to share it, and then Gloria hears the good news from these shepherds, and she goes to her next-door neighbor and says, Wow, did you hear what happened? Did you hear what the shepherd said? And so it begins to grow, and the story is happening. So, the shepherds are pretty darn amazed. I mean, they've had an angelic visit. They've found the baby, and... It's such an amazing thing to happen. Remember, shepherds were nobodies. They were the kind of outcasts of society. And they've been brought into this amazing thing. And so they're sharing their story and telling the story. So, the ripple effect. I think that's what happens when we begin to tell our story. When I go to someone and say, wow, this is what I feel like God told me or... And then they tell somebody else, or it goes on, and it begins to to be good news to a lot of people. My good news or your good news 
when it's shared, encourages other people in their faith. And so I tell you, you tell me something on, you know, it, it goes on and on. So, now the crazy part of the ripple effect is that when you're telling the story of what God has done in your life, you are actually doing evangelism. You're doing evangelism in the best sense of the word. And the crazy thing about that is it's not following any system. You don't have a book on evangelism that you're checking off the things. You're just telling your story, telling what has happened, telling something that happened at church Sunday that touched you, or just sharing and beginning to draw other people in. I talked not, not too long ago with one of the clergy in the diocese who's well known for growing churches. And um, since I, we've had that on our minds here, I asked him about it. And I said, you know, what do you think really is foundational for growing a church? And he said, well, I'm going to be real honest with you. He said, it's not the pastor. He said, it's every person in the church bringing somebody. He said, when I go out and see parishioners at dinner with somebody that I don't know, the next time I see them, I ask them, now, is that person going to church? Did you invite them to come? He said, you know, it's bringing people in, telling your story and getting somebody else interested enough that they want to come in. I think that's exactly what was happening with the, um, the shepherds. They're telling their story and, and people are getting interested. I mean, you'd be interested if you hold it, heard a story like that, which is in fact what happened. We did hear that story. So, last week, we gathered... And we celebrated the birth of Christ. Now, it was an incredibly holy moment when we realized that the Son of God actually took on human form and was born, trusted to two individuals to raise him, Mary and Joseph. And he is born and laid in a manger. Now, Luke talks three times about the word manger. Because, number one, it was a lowly place for Jesus to be. He wasn't coming in pomp and circumstance. But a manger was the feeding trough for the animals. Just like Jesus came to be bread for the world, to give his life, to feed everybody that he came in contact with. So God becomes human, and he identifies totally with us and invites us into this mystery of love and grace that he brings to the world. So I think if we thought about that every day, and really recognized what we have been given 
we might look at the world in a different way, look at a lot of the people in the world in a different way. You know, once Jesus is baptized, he has a relatively short time to tell his story, to tell his story, and he will be healed, I mean heralded as a, Ultimately, as a king, a savior, or a messiah, three short years he spends with his followers, and that will change the course of human history. Today is called the holy name. At eight days old, children, male children, were taken to be circumcised, and they were given a name. They were named in the uh, synagogue or the temple or whatever they had locally when they were circumcised. Traditionally, a baby boy would take the name of the family he was born into. And that's not the case with Jesus. He He is given the name of Jesus, which was not an uncommon name in in the ancient world, but it came from the word Joshua. Joshua was the person, was the man, who led them into the promised land, who brought them God's promise. Jesus, the one who will bring and offer the rest of humanity the promised land, the one who saves us, who comes to do everything. So, He invites us into relationship. He invites us to change our priorities. And he invites us to live as the people of God. So, all that was going on in my mind, and I've been thinking about a sermon. And I began to remember Mary's song. I don't know if you remember it. I'm going to read it because I think it's incredibly powerful. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Mary, did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? The child that you delivered will soon deliver you. Mary, Did you know that your baby boy will give sight to a blind man? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will calm the storm with his hand? Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? And when you kiss your little baby, you kiss the face of God. The blind will see, the deaf will hear, the dead will live again. The lame will leap, the dumb will speak, the praises of the Lamb. Mary, did you know that your little baby boy is Lord of all creation? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day rule the nations? Did you know that your baby boy is heaven's perfect Lamb? That sleeping child you're holding is the great I Am. Mary, did you know? I don't think Mary had any idea of what was going to happen. She'd been given a promise, but it was only a promise. 
She didn't know how this was going to work out in her life. It didn't, she didn't know how it was going to work out in Jesus' life. We don't know that much about Jesus' childhood. But Mary, it, tell, it tells us in Scripture several times, pondered and treasured these things in her heart. She was searching and wondering just like all of us from time to time. She didn't know when she laid that baby in the manger, that he would be crucified. She didn't know. But she's invited in to the journey. She's invited into learning. She's invited into experiencing all that the Christ child brings. And I think that's our invitation again today as we start a new year. To be open, to live differently, to share our story with others, to share what we believe, to share Jesus with the world. Imagine, I imagine, I think, probably that all of us are still growing in our faith. Everyone, anyone here know it all? No. So we're all learning and all have the opportunity to learn more and more about the great I am. This is the first day of a new year, and it's a good day to begin to celebrate the gift of Christmas every day of the year. Remember I said on Christmas Eve, I think, that Jesus is the gift that keeps on giving? It's time for us to remember that every day. So I'm going to say that my prayer is that our new year will be full of the reality of Christ's presence in our lives, both individually and as the Church of the Good Shepherd. And may this year bring us a deeper awareness of God's amazing grace. And may this new year cause us to celebrate and share Christ's presence, with those we meet. Amen.